This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. Welcome back to an oh my goodness I can't even get the intro right guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. I am rusty because I took a week off. Chase got to take a week off this week, but we are back bringing you more exciting content. We are building on the Florida series that we've had here lately because Florida is popping. The season's popped off here, has been for several weeks now, and so uh, we we are bringing you an episode that I think if you are hunting pine flats in the deep south and struggling with it, I think this one is for you. But before we get to that, we start off every episode the same, and I throw it to my co-host Chase and say, Chase, sir, tell me something great. What have you been doing in the outdoors? Give us an update. Well, actually this morning I went out and put out three different cameras this morning. Oh. Did a little bit of uh, scouting and found some fresh rubs. So I'm guessing the bucks, certain bucks have started to drop their velvet, I've noticed, around here. Uh, Some camera intel, seeing bucks, and I saw two different uh, fresh rubs today while out scouting. So that's exciting. Uh, Not that it means anything. All it means to me (laughs) is that uh, some of them have lost their velvet. Uh, I've gotten some trail camera pics uh, from some people I hunt with. Uh, Nothing crazy yet. Uh, Still haven't found that Florida booner that I'm looking for, but it is still young. We haven't even started the season yet, so there's still plenty of time to uh, find that. And I am planning on hopefully getting out and scouting uh, some public that I'll be hunting this year uh, later this week and put some trail cameras out there. So that's what I've been doing, man. I This weekend, well, the reason I missed the podcast was I was celebrating my daughter's 10th birthday, uh, Brooklyn, and we were at the beach. So didn't really do any scouting this weekend, but I uh, made up for it today. 
You know what? You're lying to the listeners because you jumped on polo, and uh, I think you were on your way there. Didn't you pass like a 150, 160 class eight point <laughs> you said on the side of the road? Uh, actually, I was on my way into work. Uh, I oh, took the okay. first part of yesterday <laughs> off and had to drive in. It's, it was just fun. I, every morning on my uh, drive into work, I always see these deer right by the interstate, uh, right near the uh, your local Bass Pro Shops. <laughs> and uh, there's been this eight point that's been out there just like every morning. Uh, he's been in velvet, and then yesterday evening I'm driving past it. Uh, it was probably uh, getting close to 7 p.m., 6.30, 7 p.m. I'm like, I'm going to look and see if this buck's out here this afternoon or this evening time. <laughs> and sure enough, there he was. He was out by himself, uh, had shed all of his velvet, so he is hard-antlered currently. Uh, he's got some pretty dark horns. Uh, the only problem is, is uh, you can't hunt that property but uh, that he's on, <laughs> so he'll probably live to actually become a booner. I would imagine, unless he gets hit, hit by a car on the interstate. So it's just a fun little area every morning to kind of look at because there's always deer feeding in that uh, road ditch by the interstate there. And uh, I just like like seeing deer anyway. So, yep, that, was, that wasn't that was a scouting mission. It was just I, I'm headed to work and gotcha. <laughs> here's a deer. <laughs> Well, it, I, I am I am proud to say, uh, first off, huge shout out to Brett Mashburn. He has been, for some reason, accompanying me into the thickest places that uh, I have to date never found somebody willing to accompany me. And uh, with his help, we have placed, uh, let's see, one, two, two Patreon trail cameras, and we have placed... Uh, two trail cameras that I've been wanting to get out. So I've got a total of four trail cameras out uh, with his help. And, dude, let me tell you, Brett has got an eye for big buck bedding and big buck just terrain and funnels in the deep south. I mean, the dude picked a spot on the map, dropped a pin, walked in there, and we got 25 yards from where there was big buck sign, big buck tracks, and a big buck bed. And he goes, dude, I'm telling you right now, this is the kind of habitat we're going to find this kind of thing in. And it's because of X, Y, and Z. And we got a video that's going to drop YouTube to YouTube here shortly for everybody to see. He called his shots. And immediately we take, like, I swear to you, we walked another 40 yards, found all the sign, the crossing in the creek, the the big cypress rub that you've seen on Facebook and, and Instagram, and then found his bed. And when you got down in his bed full of hair and you kind of look around, he can look out onto the water see and you know he's got escape routes there he's got this impenetrable thicket behind him there's no way you could get to him and not make noise and then he can see the access to him the trail that he takes he can watch it from his bed uh, we put a camera there and i i am like jo- dude i'm jonesing i want to go back in there today and see if i've got anything on camera but i'm gonna <laughs> try not to he, he made me swear i'd wait until september like mid-september before we pull it so <laughs> um it, it, it's incredible. It's been it's been a real blessing. You know, I tell people all the time. I started this podcast selfishly for two reasons. One, I like to talk hunting. Two, I suck at hunting, and so I, I'm I'm trying to learn from other people and, and document it as I go. And uh, Brett has been a wealth of knowledge, and he entertains my ideas at all hours of the night. So, uh, huge shout out to him. But dude, we're having a good time, man. That season's coming. Yeah, the season is coming. I mean, we're for me. I'm about a month out. I think it's September right. 19th, so by the time this podcast podcast drops, it'll literally be, what, 31, 32 days yep. before we'll be in the woods chasing after some uh, Florida whitetail, so I'm excited. Yeah, I'm sitting at, uh, let's see, I'm sitting at 27 days until my season kicks off, so 
uh, something like that. I can't math right now. I'm sleep deprived with this, this newborn, but either which way I am well under a month and counting. And I, I, I'm just, I'm Jones and dude, but, uh, I made reference a minute ago to our Patreon cameras. I want to clarify what I mean by that. We are hosting the first ever chasing tails outdoors, Patreon hunt this coming fall. In fact, it'll be in January. It'll be a four day hunt depending on when you get there, but January 6th to January 9th will be the hunt. And if you are a Patreon member, it does not matter what tier you are, you are invited this year to come out and hunt with us. Um, we, we, Brett has donated a lot of time to, to scout. Craig has donated a ton of trail cameras. We've crowdsourced eight trail cameras. The rest of those are going to go out uh, here shortly. Ron Wiggins is talking about coming out. Kel, uh, Ke- Kevin Kelso, I think is his name. Um, that group's gotten so large, it's hard to kind of keep up with everybody now, but he's talking about coming out and scouting. So we're, we're, we're putting pins on map. We're getting everything ready. People have got uh, campsites reserved and, uh, we'd love to have you there. And if, if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a crowdfunding source. It allows us to take money and put it towards expanding the show, buying better equipment, hosting fees, traveling to bring you, uh, content that's relevant, more of it in person. All those good things are what we're moving towards. And uh, you can choose between the five and the ten dollar tier, each of which come with their own individual perks. The ten dollar tier uh, gets you access to our Marco Polo community, which is very quickly growing into a large community of like-minded people. I call it Deer Camp, Chase. I kept saying that to Brett. Our Marco Polo group feels like a remote Deer Camp. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, you know, like like the camaraderie that you get with a core group of guys and the differences. We've just connected guys from all over the country uh, right into this one group. We, we've got dudes dropping honey holes for other people in the group. Yeah, yeah. I've, that's one of the things I've been kind of surprised about, just sharing Onyx <laughs> Waypoint pins yes. or Hunt Stand or whatever app the yes. people are using. They're just like, yeah, here, here's a pin. Go check this area out. And it's, I mean, it's, it's great because, I mean, some of these people are new to hunt in Florida. So, they get sent a pin, they go in there, they're like, holy cow, what is this? <laughs> this is what I should be trying to hunt type thing. Uh, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's been great. Uh, I mean, sometimes that thing really blows up <laughs> and there's tons of polos there. <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if you're not careful, you'll get way behind. But yeah. uh, it definitely is a, is a great resource, uh, especially if you're new into hunting and want to meet like-minded individuals and kind of shorten the learning curve. I think it's it's a great place to be. Absolutely. And one of the benefits or two, two of the benefits we're going to discuss right here specifically will be the fact that four times a year we give away a prize uh, in excess of $200. This time we're giving away a Vortex rangefinder. So one lucky winner from the Patreon group will win uh, that, that Vortex rangefinder here at the end of September. So you got a little bit of a little bit more than a month and a half. Yeah, right at a month and a half to get in on that giveaway. But the other thing that we do is we give you shout outs on the podcast for every time you join. And once again, we've got a list of guys. I'm not going to be able to get through all of them because we'd be here forever. So I'm going to take a good chunk of this and uh, the guy, the rest of the guys will get you on the next episode. Uh, Nathan Golds, Julian Catala, Michael Elrod, Cole Fleeman, and Anthony McDaniel. Uh, thank you to all of you guys for joining up. Let's see, that's five guys from Florida, four guys from Florida, and one guy from Michigan. Uh, the the Florida guys are really turning out here lately, man. I mean, that's kind of been that's been cool to see. Yeah, yeah, it has been cool to see. I mean, our bread and butter, or definitely mine, is Florida. <laughs> yeah. So uh, well, we've been kind of trying to stick with that a little bit. Um, there's not a lot out there on Florida, and that's what we keep hearing. Uh, from That's a right. lot of our new uh, Patreon members, so uh, we're we're trying to bring uh, that content 
uh, to the, the Florida guys. Um, and Florida's a tricky place to hunt. So any information out there and the, like the guests that we're getting, uh, I hope it's really helping uh, people out. Yep, and I'm and I'm going to do the thing that Chase hates it the most, and that's I'm going to kind of give you a, a teaser as to what's to come. Chase and I are working on series, some of which will be uh, Patreon exclusives for our Florida guys. Again, this is largely because that's our bread and butter. Like Chase says, I can't really speak to how to hunt Ohio because I don't hunt it ever. Um, but we've got some really cool things lined up for next spring in the off season that I think uh, are really going to drive home some of the concepts you know we've assembled a, a huge group of people that's the the big thing with this podcast is you now have over 200 episodes you can go through and like Michael Elrod did go through and just binge a certain topic based on whatever it is you're trying to learn about and so we're going to build on that for that foundation from a video standpoint in the coming in the coming months um, it's going to be a good time uh, doing that and we're just going to bring you guys what we feel like we can speak to the most and connect you with guys that we have connected with on the podcast yeah yeah so um, I'm not going to say the other I'm not going to tell them that we have a really cool t-shirt coming chase I won't do that <laughs> yeah it's probably a good um, idea. <laughs> but uh, dude okay so this episode a uh, longtime listener uh, reached out to the show he grew up in the North Florida area and he said, hey, man, I feel like I have – I don't hunt the area anymore. Um, I feel like I have the ability to contribute information, knowledge that will help people. And so we got on the phone. We started talking before we podcast and said, hey, what do we want to talk about? And it very quickly became apparent that we were going to take a slice of the pie and really discuss that slice. And that slice being like a 10,000-foot view, how to eliminate, and better yet, how to focus in on – Parts of, of the pine flat WMAs, which are readily abundant in Florida, large pine flats dotted with SMZs and little swamp heads that can't be cut anymore, how to take all of these huge chunks of property and what are you looking for to funnel it down? Because there's a lot of people in the Marco Polo group from Florida who are just out there busting hump every day. They send us messages. They at least they send me messages uh, to the, the Facebook group and say, hey, or the Facebook page, and say, hey, help me break this down. So that's what we're doing here. Uh, John jumped on the show and, and, and broke down a lot of that information for, from us. We, we talked about funnels, how a lot of the funnels in, Georgia, in Florida are uh, not hard funnels. They're soft funnels, and how to stack the odds by finding multiples that all converge in one area. Um, I, I, he, he really did a great job of, of discussing what not to what not to hunt and how not to approach these areas. And if you know what not to do, I think it makes it very easy to make those next those next steps. And, and he ties some really good stories in there. And uh, I, I can see a world where we'd have him back on soon. And uh, I, I was sorry that you didn't get to enjoy that episode because it felt like he was speaking to a lot of the area around you, Chase. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of upset when you told me what the podcast topic was going to be on that I was uh, missed it <laughs> but I'll get to go listen to it uh, maybe I'll have some questions if we get them back on uh, be able to break it down from some of the things that I've seen uh, and encountered in, in a lot of these uh, pine flats and you're right it's just monotonous terrain you just go out there and you look around and you're you're like why would a deer pick anywhere in here special uh, and I think that's all part of the process of like, if at least for me is doing observation hunts and things like that to try to get it figured out. But I, I'm really looking forward to what, what he has to say and his experiences are. Yeah, no, it was, it was a fun episode, man. I, I can't wait to, to start 
breaking down these things for people visually on YouTube. The season's right around the corner. We're going to have fun doing that. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, the only thing we have left to do is we had a fan of the show reach out and share something really cool with us, man. Um, I didn't know this was a thing still, uh, but Walt Koshko reached out. I hope I'm saying your last name right. And his son, Judd, just won the Youth Nationals for Coondoggin. Uh, I, I can think of at least one person. <laughs> I can think of one person in our Patreon group that is just going to light up when he hears that. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, but uh, he won some 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 tuition money and 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 placed or or won the youth nationals in Coondog. And congratulations, Judd. Uh, I'm going to share that picture to uh, social media and everything. But it sounds like he started Coondog when he was age five. So starting him off right, and obviously it's paying off because uh, yeah, taking home nationals at 16 that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you told me that before the <laughs> podcast, and I was like, "Hey, that's that's pretty cool." Especially, uh, I didn't get started in, into hunting until I was in my twenties. So, uh, <laughs> it, it's pretty cool that uh, there's somebody that can start that young, and then they're already putting it to good use. And hey, saving his old man some money. It sounds like John, dude. I appreciate you taking time. Yeah, no problem, man. I appreciate uh, having me on. John, uh, you spent the majority of your life hunting, hunting Florida, I should say. Um, yeah, uh, grew up as a younger, younger kid and hunted it my whole life and started hunting Georgia. Okay. Uh, and kind of went that, but Florida's, uh, it's the hardest state in the, in the, in the world <laughs> or the country to hunt. <laughs> well, you, you took my opening question right there from me. I was going to say, go ahead for everybody and tell them which state you'd rather hunt. Uh, if you only had like one day a year to hunt, it sounds like, uh, sounds like it'd be Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I, I strictly hunt Georgia now, but um, being able to the harvest deer in, in Florida is a uh, you can pretty much go anywhere in the country and shoot a deer once you shoot one in Florida. Um, that's for sure. You know, I listened to a, an episode by Will Primos, and if you, you're any fan of the podcast for any duration, you've heard me make this you know, talk about this several times. But uh, Will Primos was on the show, not our show, obviously, but somebody else's show one time, and they're talking about, you know, what do you, what what's the difference between like a southern hunter and everybody else? And and he he said it in a way that I've never heard said before or since. And he said the southern hunter he knows that a ridge isn't 50 feet of elevation. It might be six inches to 12 inches. You know, the, 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 what we learn with down here and what we work with down here is the most subtle, you know, the most subtle, uh, expressions of all the terms that are used elsewhere. You know, a rise or a ridge might be a foot, you know, uh, thick is just different here than it is in a lot of other, uh, other places. And, uh, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, hunting Florida is by far the hardest thing I have ever done. Um, and I'm, I have more consistently gotten on deer sign in places like North Georgia in the mountains where people tell me consistently there aren't any deer. Yeah, it's it's definitely a um, very subtle elevation in Florida, um, at least where I'm from, uh, from the east coast, uh, northeast coast of Florida, uh, Jacksonville, and uh, hunted a lot out in the National Forest in Lake City. Um, that's a huge piece of land and out there and it's all looks about the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just got, you know, big timber pines and palmettos with gallberries and then you got uh just gray swamps and you know and cypress swamps. Um it's uh it's definitely a uh it's definitely not there's no major elevation changes out there and it's just about um, finding, you know, pinch points in those kind of spots. And it's, it's hard to do because it's such a big piece of property. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's, I mean, I don't know what else you want to, well, we'll, 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 we'll get there in just a second, but I think before we, before we jump into today's topic, which we'll, we'll kind of 
tie in in here in a second. Uh, you reached out and said, listen, Florida's a difficult place. I've got a bunch of experience there. Um, th- this is something I feel like we can speak to. And so what we're going to do today, today's episode, is uh, we're going to break this down in a very high-level way. So you're not going to get into probably a, a, the minutia of this situation. But what we want to do is because we have so many new hunters uh, t- uh, that, that are tuning in and joining Patreon and asking questions in the Patreon group, that when you reached out and said, hey, I want to talk about uh, Florida, we hopped on the phone and it very quickly became a conversation that was apparent to me. We could have like a back to basics fundamentals uh, where we, we take all the information that's put out there and let's let's hone that conversation in on the few things that really make a difference in Florida because pinch points, like you just said, they aren't the same thing. They look different. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of break this down from a North Florida perspective uh, where it, I think if you have pine trees anywhere else in Florida and planted in rows, it's going to translate very nicely. Um, if, if you're a new hunter, what we're going to attempt to do here is kind of give you the basic fundamentals of what you should look for in the coming weeks as you go into deer season. Um and I think we're going to have a good time doing it. So let's um, let's dive a little bit more into the habitat that we're talking about. We're talking about uh, relatively poor soil conditions, so not a whole lot of food. We're talking pine trees, palmetto flats, gallberry, mulberry, um, dotted with, with with swamps. Right? Am I, am I am I leaving anything out or anything you want to touch on? Yeah, I mean that's basically it. Um, down where I've most of my hunting came from was you know big. Big pine flats, you know, big open ones. It wasn't even just, you know, small planted pines. But, um, but yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it was. Um, you had a mix of planted pines within those, you know, the blocks, that we, what we always call them the blocks. Um, and that was basically out in the forest out there is you had the number of maintained roads and whatever surrounded that wooded area. You had roads going through us at some points, but those weren't, you know, as time went on, they made them where you couldn't drive down them. Yeah, man, if, if you could find, you know, all that stuff and you could find out where they're at, that's the hardest part. Once you figure that out, you know, you're, you're most likely going to end up seeing deer and, and hopefully shooting deer. Um, uh, this time of year, um, from my experience, is, is we always used to scout real hard in, in August. Um, August all the way up till bow season started. Um, if you could find burned areas out there. Man, that's that's where you need to be. My first experience hunting boat, my burned area is a funny story. But I was a kid, and we were on a early season quota archery hunt, and uh, we found a, a burned area. And we went in there and jumped up a few deer. Um, ended up being like in between, like a little swamp head. Uh, that was probably maybe 100 acres big swamp head, and wrapped around with uh, pines, and there was another swamp in between. But um, we found a deer sign was there, and they were coming in eating that fresh green growth off the burn. Uh, so we get in there in archery, man, and, and it was just, I was probably 14, maybe 15, and I flung every arrow out of my quiver that day and missed <laughs> one, one doe that was sitting there. I, I could have swore she was closer than she was, and that doe just let me shoot, I think that doe let me shoot five or six arrows, and me and my dad went looking for it, and I couldn't find any arrows at all. We lost all the arrows somehow, but. Um, that was, man, that's my first burn area experience for early season. Um, and it just, after that, I mean, I was hooked, you know, I was being able to fling five arrows in one sit and you have, what more can you ask for, especially being on public property? Five um, dead deer would be a good start. 
Well, yeah. Well, one of the dead deer out of the five like... arrows would have been a good start. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, you look for burn burn areas and that fresh growth early season is a good way to get at least get out and more in the open stuff instead of being in the swamps. Um, most of I've shot a few deer in those swamps, but you got to find the pinch points in the swamps. Um, so it could be, like I said, the, the elevation is not there. So it could be, um, you could be looking for where are the, the oak trees at in the swamp versus where are the cypress trees at or where are the, the water oaks and stuff like that. Um, and you'll see, obviously, the wetland. You'll see the wet marshy areas and when you get deep into them. Um, and then you'll find the drier ground and that's pretty much the only elevation you need. That's just, that's what a transition is in, in Northeast Florida for me. Um, and you find, you'll find trails walking around. They're not going to walk straight through that water all the time. They will cross it, but you will find trails also around the sides of them and around big tall palmettos. And, um, and when you find them, you'll, you know, you know, you have that gut feeling that anybody that's hunted for a while, you just get that feeling like, okay, this is the spot I'm sitting up on. Um, well, let's, well, let's pause there for a second though, because we're, we're, we're trying to get people to that point. And one of the things that, um, one of the things that I think is daunting to people is some of these, these pieces of public land are huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, tens of thousands or upwards of, or well, in many cases, hundreds of thousands of acres (laughs) and, and the landscape has a lot of all of that. And so one of the Mm -hmm. things we hear a lot of is how do I know, how do I get to the point? I mean, obviously experience is part of that. But right. how do I know, how do I get my gut to tell me I'm in the money? Because I've also found a lot of, and this is a personal experience, there can be deer sign everywhere. But they yeah. move so much throughout the day that finding where they're supposed to be can be difficult. So is your advice to everybody, uh, check every swamp head? No, or, I would definitely, I would definitely, um, you're, you're going to have to, because it's such a thick environment down there, you're going to have to actually, Find an area and actually start looking at it on the map nowadays. You can look on the map. But you got to find where – because you'll go through some spots that everything's over your head. And, and they're, they're, they'll use it, but you're not going to be able to hunt it. So you have to find where it kind of thins out, um, either in the pines or next to a swamp head. Um, most of the time, if you find a fire break on the edge of a swamp and a clear cut, uh, and that's what they they do out there in that forest is they'll actually clear cut some land. And if you could find, you know, a, a fire break and walk that fire break around the whole side of the clear cut as far as you can. Uh, when you get to the swamp, it's going to be thicker. It's just how naturally it's going to get thicker. But normally when you go on a fire break and close to a swamp, you're going to see trails coming across. And if you find a clear cut that is at least, you know, about two foot knee high or so tall, and there's there some green coming up through it, you're going to find a trail coming across that clear cut. Um, doesn't mean they're going to use it middle of the day. It doesn't mean they're going to use it middle of the night, but you kind of, you kind of got to look to see also around there, um, at least in the region that I'm from, the palmetto berries uh, early season. If you could find the palmetto berries where they're starting to turn purple and you'll start seeing it, but you might also find the bear sign where they're, they're taking the palmettos and they're laying them flat on the ground and they rip the hearts out of them. Um, the bears will be in there just as well. Cause I've had that experience. <laughs> um, but uh, they'll, they'll definitely, if you could, you, you'll see it, you'll be able to see and be able to judge by looking at a palmetto bush. And on the bottom is the cluster of berries and you'll see where they've been picking them off of there. 
uh, eating them. And then you'll start seeing if you're, if you do some footwork in that area and, and try to, people say don't walk on deer trails, but I always walk on deer trails and I want to know exactly where they're going. Um, if that, that might mean they're, they're heading into a, a, a pinch point between two swamps going, cutting through that. Um, and, and it's just kind of being in that spot. Um, there's not like a, in Florida, like we talked, like we talked about, and everyone else is, you know, y'all said on the podcast before. You, everywhere in Florida is a bedding area. Um, hunt the wind to your advantage, obviously, which is, you know, keep your. I usually always try to walk with the wind in my, with my, the wind in my face, if I can. Um, hunt those, you know, just those spots that. Uh, it it just it just looks like there would be deer there, and something that during archery for sure you want to be able to get them close um that could be you might only be able to see 20 yards maybe on the, inside the swamp but that might be where you need to be uh they'll come across clear cuts i've seen them i've shot two bucks back to back on a clear cut um coming off of it going into big pines next to a swamp um and and what they're doing early season out there um a few weeks into the archery season is as a, is a good pre-rut time that's when they're actually doing crosswinding and checking and just kind of keeping their nose, you know, familiar with what those are in the area. Um, so I don't know where you want to go with that. Well, let's let's cycle back real quick, though, to what you said about the swamp, um, which, which kind of has to take us back to the pinch point idea. Um, in, in a lot of places, pinch points are things that literally prevent animals from moving. Right, that they're uh, and, and and Brett Mashburn recently has talked about hard edges, and my curious, my, you know, obviously we don't have any geographical hard edges, and I don't believe there are many places where water is truly an obstacle, um, aside from like a, a pinch down area in a swamp where there's some some oaks. Can you think of any other natural uh, pinch points in Florida are are just kind of like preferred areas versus less desirable areas and you and you're just stacking your odds they can go yeah. wherever they want to and they oftentimes do can you think of any of those outside of that that swamp head let's say if you got a uh, a hard oak bottom which is you know your live oaks and stuff in that part of the region of florida or a, a oak head which is your, your hard oak head sometimes you'll be able to find where those butt up the swamps um it's not very often you do but but, they, but most of the time they do butt up to a small planted pine edge. Um, if you could find that and you can find the deer sign where they're eating those early season uh, acorns and they start dropping their archery season. So if you find that, um, you could possibly catch them coming in and out of those pines. Um, and that's a good place to start. Also, if you could find a, a good early water, early season water source. Uh, we have we had a spot down there for years that it was a pond, a natural pond. And uh, one year we had a drought, and they would funnel the edge of the swamp and the pines to that pond, and uh, and just just get water. So we were catching them going to get water. Um, it's it's really in Florida. It's tough to find that um, that dedicated edge because there's so much out there. Uh, if you find, I'll tell you another good tip for, you know, any time of the year when you, if you're driving down those roads, cause all those roads are really sandy and you see tracks all the time in one spot, get out of the truck and walk, go walk in there. Um, 
there's been instances where you know you're sitting on the side you're sitting there uh and you just keep driving past this spot every day it might be a swamp where it crosses the road comes across the road and there's usually always tracks going across those kind of swamps transitions going across that road get out of the truck and go walk go walk back in there it might you might walk in 100 yards and 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 just be tore up with you know deer tracks and if you're just looking to shoot meat i mean for a meat hunter that's what we'd always done and uh and you're gonna you'll most likely you sit there for a day or two with the wind right you're gonna shoot something coming across there they're not crossing that for a reason and especially when the pressure gets on and that's what they're going to do they're going to use that swamp edge to their advantage to be able to travel because of how thick it is um there's i mean there's so many variables down there in florida that uh, you know that that can make them move different ways and uh we've hunted behind houses in the forest <laughs> you know and people come out banging pots and pans and yelling because they don't want you hunting behind their house but it's still you know public property um and people and they they actually deer get used to being close to people's houses and we hunted hunted a spot there for years i mean until we stopped hunting sort of that we used to always we'd always shoot deer in that one block because because we knew where they were we just we just stuck to a, a few blocks and we learned them really good um Persimmons trees in that area are very hard to come by. I think we've only ever found one that would actually produce fr- uh, fruit. Yeah, you find a lot that won't produce for some reason. They must, yeah, they must all a, be males. A, I, I think it's it's uh yeah I think they're a unisex tree. Now, I could be wrong, but I think that's what they. I think I think they're like a unisex tree. My dad did some research on it, and uh, and not all of them will produce because it's something with it. We have a spot uh, close to the state line. A management area that it uh it is full of persimmons trees but we never found one that was dropping the fruit and uh and it's just but it's it's one of those things they're all hit and miss so if you ever find one most likely you're going to keep finding that tree producing fruit and that's another good early season but persimmons tree it's it's a hard come by out there um most of the food is gallberries palmetto berries uh, and the in the ball they don't really care for the berries for the gallberries, but it's the it's the leaves. So you'll see them where if you're walking through about you know waist high gallberries, you'll see the leaves are stripped off, and there's like the stem, green stem sticking out with no leaves on it. Well, that's a deer eating those leaves. So it's really you find that, and you're and you'll start seeing more and more of it because your eye just keens in on on what that is. Um, and then obviously you're going to find deer droppings. Uh, where they're usually feeding for long periods of time, which is usually out in those open areas. Uh, you don't have to be in the thickest stuff to shoot the deer or farthest off the road. Um, my dad's buddy, like I said, like where a swamp crossed the road, he was sitting there shooting, you know, does and stuff during archery season back to back. And he was probably 50 yards off the road and watching cars go by every day. <laughs> and I think he shot like three, three does out of that one spot, you know, for, uh, and within like two weeks. Um, so it's, it's just, it's, it's kind of, Florida could be discouraging, but if you put your time in, it's well worth it. And it's fun. You got to be able to beat the mosquitoes, <laughs> um, the mosquitoes and the ticks, obviously, uh, uh not, not really the, the, uh, the chiggers are kind of bad. So they're kind of, but use that permethrin that definitely works. Um, that, that works really good. Keeps them off. Well, let's, let's. 
the we can get off this topic after this, but this is one of the things that uh, you and I both agreed on um, was a huge factor for transition lines or, or mm-hmm. those transition areas. Um, a lot of times, uh, Florida is a lot of two transition zones, whereas um, yeah. and, and and in contrast, to a lot of other states, for instance, uh, cornfields and trees. That is not yeah. only just a two way transition line; it's a hard two-way transition line. Right. Whereas in Florida, you can have pine trees to palmettos. You can have pine trees to swamp that stretches miles and miles. And one of the things that you brought up was finding those uh, three-way transition lines, like a clear cut, Mm -hmm. a swamp, and a pine flat. Can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Yeah. um, Out in the, in the forest and natural forest, they, they do, when they do the, they'll, I don't know if they still do burns out there anymore, but I know they used to do uh, they do some uh, cutting, like under underbrush cutting. I think they stopped doing the burns because they prevent the wildfires or whatever. But uh, um, so normally when they do like a burn, they always cut a fire break around you know wherever they're burning, and it also helps protect the swamp edges. And and normally if you find a swamp, you're going to find either like I said, you're going to find a fire break around them. Um, and they will actually use those fire breaks on the swamp edges. And uh, where that's where that is, it's, it's they're walking that around instead of walking across the clear cut or, or whatever. They're, they're just like us. They don't want to walk through the thick stuff out there. So whatever the easiest path is, they're, they're most likely going to take. Um, I mean, like I said, you, where I was hunting, I had a good spot that had a swamp, had about a, a 200 acre clear cut. And uh, and it had big, uh, big like bull pines mixed with palmettos and, and gallberries, <clears throat> and the deer for some reason kept funneling through right there where that swamp and the big pines where they were instead of walking into the swamp they'd walk the edge of that swamp where it meets the big pines and they're coming off of the, coming off or coming across that clear cut, but that clear cut also wasn't you know fresh through the ground it was about three or four years old. So it had a little bit of buildup, but if you got up in a tree, you could still see out in that clear cut. And uh, we used to see them that one season. I remember when I shot those two bucks, my dad was hunting in a spot. He was seeing the deer out over there, and he, he just never went and looked at it. So I went and looked at it, and uh, and I found out that they were coming off of that clear cut. They, when they clear-cutted that spot, they left two big oak trees standing out in the middle of that clear cut, and then they were going out their feet because they felt safe. They're feeding under that, and they're coming back through. But they were coming through that transition where they still felt safe on the way back to wherever they were heading. Um, not necessarily saying they were bedding anywhere close to that, but at least they were funneling through that. You know, if you find find that, you're going to find trails coming off. And the more trails you find coming together in one spot, the better your chances are. Uh, that's just kind of how Florida hunting out there in the forest always was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, and uh, and like I told you before, we talked uh, during gun season, we go 50, 50 plus foot up a pine tree in a climbing stand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, know, break like break break that down for people because I think that's gonna scare people. But I think there's actually some really good science behind it. So you go to Walmart and you go get a fifty foot paracord. Comes in a, a raveled up thing with a little holder, and uh, I think it was only like four or five dollars. And you buy that, and we used to take the climbers and we put it the best angle we could get on the bottom of the tree. And go up these big old pines, about 50 foot plus. Sometimes you're pulling the gun behind you. But when you get up that high with during gun season, you're going to see a lot further. And you're going to see all those little pockets. The disadvantage is 
the deer look like little rabbits down there. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it does play with your eyes until you get used to it. Um, but I think the wind makes a huge difference when you're that high. Like not a huge, it doesn't make as much of a difference, at least for sitting in there, but maybe the access of getting in there on the ground. But once you get up in that tree, I mean, they're, you're so high. I think that wind is blowing several hundred yards away from you before it ever hits the ground, no matter what direction. And with a gun, you know, you're going to be able to reach out and touch them before they ever win you. Uh, we've, I've seen them crossing before out far distance and the wind was blowing right to them and they never paid any attention to it. Uh, obviously cause that you couldn't shoot does. That's why we were seeing some does and stuff, but, um, you get it. We used to put our backs up. Most of the time we always put our backs towards a swamp and watched out in the opens where they would cross through from either swamp to swamp or if they were coming, you know, down the edge, uh, we would, we would catch them that way too. But for some reason during gun, that seemed like the way to go. That way you wouldn't get busted, you know, silhouetted. You got to climb way up there. And, and, and I know, I remember a few times as younger, uh, climbing that high and here comes a big old, you know, 20 mile an hour gust and that whole tree is just shooting <laughs> and that's it's rough but the only thing that's gonna ever wind you up there is a bear because a bear will find you no matter what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and i just want to i just want to uh <clears throat> say that I, you know you're climbing at your own risk when you get that high up you need to be wearing, oh yeah, you yeah. need to be wearing a safety harness um yeah I, I used to do similar things in the swamp dude because there was a there's a pine flat that came adjacent to a, a, a swamp head that i used to hunt on on uh, private. I had this whole permission right. piece and I would climb up the tree, get super, super high. And what I would find when I would drop milkweed is that my scent would dip down for a second, but then the thermals or whatever wind would catch it, hit those Pick trees and go right up over the top of the trees. That's crazy. You know? Yeah. That's, that was all before we, you know, the new, the thermal thing, we even learned about thermals. Um, it's just like, once we climbed up in the tree, man, it, it was, they didn't even know you were there. Because if we don't leave the rope hanging down to the ground, we always pull the rope up and leave it up there with us. So it's like one less – that rope hanging down acts like a, a wick, you know, with your yep, scent. I exactly. think I think because yep. you're touching it. Absolutely. You're have scent. So it's just a big, long wick sticking out there blowing in the wind. So we always, you know, raveled it up and used to sit on it under your seat. That's a great that's a great perspective. I had never thought about that. Your pull oh, yeah. up rope acts like a scent rope. It's no different than the little scent wicks that you put in the woods yeah. with the the dough and heat. Yeah, it is. I mean, it really is because you're touching that thing when you're pulling your yeah. dough or gun or whatever up. And it's been in we your always, truck and everything else, and yeah, yeah, in your pack. We always when we pull, we always put it. You know, we don't put it away, but we, you know, we'll we'll roll it up and then we'll sit on it on you know on the climber. But uh, now you know, I use a saddle now. Which is kind of the new thing. Um, but I was, uh, um, I do the same thing with that. I don't leave that thing hanging. I pull it up and I loop it and I hang it on my, my gear hanger, you know, that way at least it's up by me and not hanging all the way down to the ground <clears throat> because we've, we've been busted about that. You know, we've been busted hunting from deer. They come up and they, they smell it. Cause you're, when you touch it right down the bottom where you tie it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you know, and, and the thing is I always got it, pulled it up just because I didn't want it waving in the tree, in the, in the wind. Yeah, yeah, it was like a yeah, waving off in a distance or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you if you talk to anybody who doesn't use a climber and they use sticks with like the 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 rope aiders and all that stuff or the, the yeah. uh, webbing aiders, they'll be like, oh, I've seen deer like look at the base of my tree and then climb the tree mm-hmm. with their eyes right up to me and then run off. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've we've I've had deer look at the bottom of my tree before, 
and look up and they see you and like, what the heck is that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they they'll see that movement. It's something that they've never seen before, and they'll, they'll follow it up at the top. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had bears, you know, before just come out and stop where you walked at, and they stand on their back legs and put their nose in the wind, and then all of a sudden they get back down on all fours and they walk straight to the tree and look up at you and talk about being scared. <laughs> yeah. Because those things start climbing the tree. don't take long to get up. My dad was chased out of the woods once uh, in the summer scouting. He got chased by a bear. And, and some, uh, Sal and a cub. Uh, Sal had some cubs and the boar bear came in and uh, was all angry and it was getting dark. He got chased out of the woods by a bear one year. Jesus. He scared him to death. Yeah. He still hunts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, wherever legal, I always have a pistol just for bears, but, um, yeah, we got That's a bunch crazy. of them. So, uh, so I'm curious, I, I, I jotted a note swamps here because I, I, you were trying to go somewhere with it and yeah. I should have took, took a better note. Do you remember where you were trying to take that dialogue? I know I'm the worst. No. What, a, what a terrible host. Jeez. I've been doing this for That's five okay. years. <laughs> well, we talk about hunting. You mean you just you get off topic, off topic, pretty yeah. Well, subjects. You, you were talking about, I think, if memory serves, uh, you were talking about the different types of transition uh, zones, and you had gone into uh, a swamp head. You were trying to to uh, break down how people can put the odds in their favor instead of having to hit every zone. Does that jog your memory? Yeah. So now it's so great to have uh, mapping, um, so you don't have to do all that walking in the summertime when it's 100 degrees. Uh, if you could just find, I mean, you just look on the map, and I, we always look for a uh, quick way to, and then that way you know when you get in the woods where you're going, but you look on the aerial maps and you find the gray swamps, and they're going to make, you know, if you look around the swamps, you're going to find where it might make a, a jog back in, like a, almost look like a little pocket. And that's a good place to start looking because uh, they'll go out in that pocket and, and they'll just feed there, especially uh, if it's close to a road. Or if you look in a distance and you see, there's some spots, we have a couple of spots down there that, when, it, not far from the road, but it makes a, a U-shape on the swamp, and that'll be the pocket in the, in the, the palmettos. But if you really look at it, it kind of goes uphill just a slight bit, and before it gets to the swamp, it actually starts going back down. So those deer, they get back in there, and they're safe. They feel safe. They, they can't, you can't see them from the road, and they can't see you. So it might only be, you know, 100, 150 yards, but they they could definitely, uh, they could use that and they'll feel safe. Um, as a kid, we used to, before that was illegal, we used to run around at night out there and, and do spotlight and just to find deer in whatever areas, you know, kind of figure it out. We can't do that nowadays. Uh, but yeah, I mean, looking at that, that's a, the quickest way to find uh, somewhere that will help pinch them down or where two swamps or there might be separate swamps, but they're coming close together. You know, I'm almost making like an hourglass look. Where, and, you know, the tightest sure. spot right yep, in there, yep, yep, you're yep. going to find, or you're going to find like a, uh, you're going to find trails and you're going to find rubs all through that because they're, they're concentrated down right there and they still, they want to be in the open. Deer doesn't want to always be in the thickest stuff possible. They want to be able to be safe, you know, to what, you know, predators and whatever else out there but uh they're they're not gonna be in the thickest stuff all the time i mean the day i was coming back from scouting there was a doe in the middle of a field right in town i'm like so so, i mean there's really they don't always go to the thickest nastiest stuff like people say i mean yeah the big ones 
probably will, but um, doesn't mean they're always going to be there. And it's just a matter of really, if you find swamps and if you start learning like how trees look on maps, you could also indicate um, uh, maybe, okay, so you got like a water oak tree and you know they're mostly around like water sources, stuff like that. And you could find those, but you could also, if you look on the swamps, you'll see like brighter green spots. Normally, those are higher spots in those gray swamps. Um, either that or they are, you might run into um, it actually being like more of a uh, um, grassy swamp in there. So that means they're not going through that grassy, mucky swamp. They're actually going to walk the edges of that. Um, they've... They're, they're not going to go across it. I got that's what that one spot I was telling you in that swamp that I had. It was like, um, uh, it was like a, a live oak kind of edge that started slowly going in deeper. He went into the swamp and it got to a nasty, muddy, marshy kind of swamp down there in the, in the gray swamp. <clears throat> well, the deer wouldn't, it was too thick on the other side. They weren't walking through that. So they were walking this one edge because it was the easiest way. And, uh, and I shot, I think I shot two deer off of it that, that bow season back to back. Um, but they're, they, they, they're just walking that you and you find the acorns and you'll start seeing them where they're cracked open with them eating. And, uh, and it ain't gotta be, and don't hunt the wide open swamps cause you're not going to see nothing out there. At least in my opinion, I'm like, I never seen anything in the wide open swamps. Um, the best thing that you could ever find is Old Dim Road that runs between a swamp and small Don't go pines. telling people that, man. I'm going to have to cut this part of the episode. I don't want people to – okay, I'll leave it, but go ahead. <laughs> you you're hurting my heart road. over here, dude. Go ahead. Yeah, you find a dim road, and, and sometimes you're not going to know it's a dim road until you get halfway, halfway down it because you got trees up in the middle of it. An old road that runs in between a swamp and a small planted pine, and you're going to find, uh, at least in my zone – in Florida, I used to hunt, uh, you know, last two weeks of bow season, ground scrapes stopped pop, popping up all over it. And uh, and those deer, just, they just travel that like crazy. And I think, that it, I really think the does uh, are the ones that are laid up mostly in those small planted pines. And it's like a breeding sanctuary right there in that area. For some reason with the oaks, right, it's like a good white oak, or not white oak, uh, live oaks in there with water close by and you got just that that travel corridor i mean that's like a and it's going to be thick i mean you're gonna they're gonna be around top of you i i let a not let i I let one go by me because i wasn't paying attention one morning a nice eight pointer for florida it was actually slip slipping just inside of the pines i was on a intersection back in one of those spots watching part of the road where they were crossing but they're also walking down the road both ways and they're crossing all through there. Well, he slipped down the edge just inside and uh, man, I had, he was rubbing a tree in there and I didn't know what was going on and it got quiet for a while. I never seen anything again and I wasn't paying attention. And as soon as I turned over, he was like 10 foot from the bottom of my tree on that road. And at that time I could get stood up and turned around. I couldn't get a shot on him, but, uh, he was a nice, nice eight pointer that got by me that morning in that. But man, they, it was something about that area where they just loved traveling through there because they felt safe. 
Um, it and it took it took a, a little bit of effort to get in there. Sometimes um, there we used to go in two different ways to that spot because there was a road how it went through the property, and uh, it, they just were tearing. They tore the road up with ground scrapes all the way through there. But like I said, it was a we call it a dim road. It's an old tram road that was going through the, a block, but they didn't ever use it ever anymore. So it kind of started getting overgrown with little uh, little scrubs, scrub trees, you know, right in the middle of it, and and uh, that was and that was the spot right there for early season. But man, if like I said, if Florida, if it wasn't so hot and buggy, man, it'd be awesome to go back and hunt Florida again. And and I really considered it before. Well, uh, but buddy, now. you got an open invite anytime you want to come down yeah. here and sweat it out. I mean. Yeah, I, I I I think I sent you a pin on one of the spots that uh, in your region. Yeah, I used to hunt. So. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky place to hunt, and you could get discouraged, and you can also uh, <laughs> you could also it could also make you make your day one day. You know, when you when you do shoot, I mean, even just a doe, you shoot a doe, and 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 it just starts getting easier. Um. And that's that's the only way that you know. As a kid growing up hunting, you know, I was five. We we're going out there, and I don't think I started hunting until I was about ten with my dad. But I was always out there in that forest since I was five years old. We'd set camp up a uh, week before bow season, and we pull camp down the week after gun season. And uh, that was my whole life down there. And uh, and my dad still lives there. And my brother lives up in St. Mary's in Georgia, and and uh, we still hunt all over the place. But um, but yeah, man, it's a it's a pretty cool spot to be able to figure something out, especially on you know three hundred thousand acre piece of property. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's interesting what you just said about killing that first deer. Like, starts to yep. make things um, like like they just start working the way they're supposed to. Because when you said that, you immediately mm-hmm. took me back to two thousand nineteen. So I moved here in fifteen. Okay. Um, hunted private land in 15 and 16, 17. Mm-hmm. I, I, I embarked on, uh, my public land journey and, right. uh, 17, 18, nothing, absolutely no luck whatsoever. It was <laughs> abysmal. Um, in fact, I don't know that I saw a deer from the deer stand those years. Yeah. Let me think about it. That's not true. I did see a couple deer at the tail end of the second year, year three, 2019 comes around. I hunt my butt off September, October, get all the way to November, very last day of the season before the gun or the muzzleloader hunt or the the next season um, came around and I killed a doe. And the (laughs) weird thing about it is um, I shouldn't have killed the doe. She came running like clear across the the ground in in a way that like she comes out of the swamp, this three-way transition. And I'm for everybody who's listening, I've got a video coming on this and and we can talk about this some more. Um, just because I feel like it's, I think it, I think it actually like encapsulates a lot of what we've talked about here, but, uh, it's funny how much I can go back and think about that doe hunt and having seen the deer, having killed the deer, going back to that area. I, it's amazing how many times I've been able to take that blueprint in my head and mm-hmm. apply it to other situations and get on deer because you you hit the nail on the head and I didn't even see it coming. Once you kill that first deer, if you sit mm-hmm. back and you take some good time and you study in your mind's eye, more importantly in that moment, really make sure you're capturing everything that 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 there is to absorb. But if you study in your mind's eye that scenario, 
it will definitely carry forward to uh, future success. It, it, you you kill. Oh yeah, it. It just it, once you once you figure it out and you get one, especially like archery, man. Archery is is really the best time, in my opinion, to be out there um, early season. Uh, once the guns come out, it gets harder. Um, but you doesn't doesn't mean that you just need to give up. I mean, we hunted, we used to do that, and then come you know Thanksgiving because out there they had they would run dogs, so you kind of hunt differently once once they start pushing those dogs around. You kind of you're kind of once the once deer are crossing from the dog hunt to the still hunt, you kind of set up where you could catch the deer coming from the dogs, you know, um, and and just, that's just kind of how you have to do it. Um, the, the deer will will get pressured and yeah, they get nocturnal, but uh, and to a point, but you, that doesn't mean they're still not they're still not moving during the day. Um, I the last year I hunted Florida, I kind of proven that point. Um, during the gun hunt and I, I was having a hard time finding a deer. I mean, I couldn't see a doe and I told my dad, so I'm going to go back down this road and it ran like through a swamp and back across a big open pine flat and then went to these small planted pines. I said, I'm going to go sit in these small planted pines. Uh, and, and sure enough that evening I was sitting, I found a tree just big enough to put my climber in and I was only maybe 15 foot off the ground, but I could still see, and I could watch part of a road, part part of the road that went by, and there was also deer trails cutting off into it towards the swamp. And those deer came right out from that corner. Uh, two does come walking right out, right underneath me, and walked right past me. Never even never even cared. I was there. I was 15 foot off the ground, and that's Florida, 15 foot during gun season. But during gun season, yeah, get into that thick stuff. I mean, you gotta you just gotta find all the, the more trails you find coming together the better your chances are. And that's really late season. I mean, there you're, you're going to have to find the most trails coming together, intersecting together or within, you know, 20 foot of each other coming across the road, crossing the fire break, going into the swamp. Um, man, it's just, it's just harder as the season goes on, but if you give up, you'll never shoot one. Um, and, uh, that year, it was my last year hunting Florida, uh, in, uh, I had my first kid, and I think it was like a week later. My wife still jokes about it, but a week later after we had our first kid, I went hunting and shot a uh, my last buck on in Florida. It was a, a little six-point. Uh, it was actually during muzzleloader season. And, um, man, that was the best hunt I've ever been on that morning going into the woods. I had a spot that we, we knew about. And uh, and going into the woods that morning, I seen probably seven deer cross the road in front of me that morning going into that spot and that is felt so confident going in there and uh and being that you know that area muzzleloader season is the biggest part of the rut down there uh that that late october time frame in that region is is the rut in that forest uh you will catch trickle parts throughout november but once they like said once the dog season comes in you don't see it quite as much um they kind of get pushed into the thicker cover but uh, that deer was slipping down the edge of a transition uh, of a uh, a uh, oak flat and a um, small planted pine uh, with with gallberries and, and palmettos in it. He was slipping down that edge when I shot him that morning. Um, but yeah, man, the, you find those edges and you just find those travel corridors, and you're gonna you're gonna have you know long as there's long as there's good amount of sign in there, and it's not like a few tracks here and there. You got to find them where. Uh, especially on a fire break, man. If you find the, 
if you look at a fire break because they dig them down into the ground and it's, it's all it's so sandy down there you'll see them where they're crossing you'll see it be wore out it look like a trench going across the fire break and uh, that's i mean you find several of those in a small area coming across you could pretty much hang up right there and and you might not see anything but don't give up you know maybe take a break go back to another spot you know and keep switching it up and until you find it you know and once you do find it like you said you just kind of you have a mental note you know it's it's oh this is what i hunted last time and you know i seen a deer or i almost seen a deer i should have done this instead and you kind of look back in the past you know and like what can i do different you know what can i make that actually work well and i think also asking the question why like why are those paths yeah. there sometimes it's just bedding sometimes it's just food sometimes it's both uh we, we've got a guest coming and one of the things he does is he focuses in on bedding adjacent like thick bedding adjacent to food sources yeah. You know, that's his, that's his, it seems like his entire MO. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. What, well, what, I could tell you, I could tell you the most thing I could think of, at least in my region that I was used to hunting for bedding was always those small pines because it was just, it was the thicker areas and no matter what time of year, they always felt safe. And if you, you try to walk through that stuff, you make so much noise. So anything that came up, you know, behind them or whatever, predator, coyote, you know, human, whatever, they could hear it way in a distance and they could take off, you know. Um, I always thought pines, the small pines, and I still think that to this day, and I actually proved that the day when I was scouting, that small pines, even up here, is a good bedding area. So, <laughs> Brett Mashburn's listening to this. We got a video that's going to drop uh, <laughs> very soon, and we found incredible sign adjacent to short pines. And, uh, oh, yeah. It, it, it those can be absolutely diabolical um yeah. almost and, and you almost if the patch is too big it can be uh to your detriment at times but w yeah. we're, we're coming up on time but there's one more thing i kind of wanted to talk to you about and that's ground hunting um, oh man we, we we talk about florida we think we say and we preach thick in fact i posted a very controversial meme to youtube not to youtube to instagram and facebook the other day uh making fun of like how everybody talks about how you hunt the thick stuff but in different parts of the country especially the south you tend mm -hmm. to have a different kind of thick uh it tends to be a, a, a thick that hurts you makes you gives you rash it really deters you um <laughs> but you can get on deer uh, from the ground in Florida, in the deep south, and and, and I'm yeah. curious, uh, what, if you're okay, let's tie this back into the new hunter. New hunter, they're buying all their gear for the first time. They're really considering a climbing system. Are you telling them to uh, grab a chair and hunt from the ground to stay mobile, or are you encouraging them to go to the climber? I would say do whatever you'd want to do, but keep the wind in your face. Um, you could definitely do it on the ground. I know people that shot deer on the ground. I've shot. Uh, my biggest deer personally on the ground. Um, the uh, my I just I, I feel like you could do it from the ground. Um, in Florida, it's so thick that if you do hunt on the ground, you gotta make sure you can see a little bit. Um, that's my biggest thing. If you're gonna either like slip hunt or if you're gonna uh find a spot just to sit and, and kind of ambush, you know, like, like you're sitting in the stand, but you want to have some kind of back cover or you want something in front of you uh, to kind of help break your silhouette, you know, on the ground, especially if you're in like an open, like oak bottom or something like that. Uh, if you can stand the bugs or the mosquitoes, <laughs> uh, at least early season, once it gets cold, they kind of die off. But um, uh, man, you know, it, that's a toss up. I, 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 personally 
have no like I'm not saying to go get a saddle or go get a climber or get a ladder stand or just on the ground. I mean, you could do whatever you wanted to, but unless you're thinking ahead, in my opinion, like keep that, that wind in your face and, and just ease through the woods and, and follow those edges around, but keep your eyes in front of you, you know, keep looking straight ahead. Don't, you know, keep looking, you know, five foot in the ground for just for tracks or whatever, but kind of keep that awareness out in front of you, man. And, and as long as you're going quiet and smooth, I, I believe anybody in any state could, could shoot something on the ground. I mean, just nice and steady. Try not to, you know, fall, try break up a, a dead limb on the ground, stepping on it, you know, try to step over it, be cautious of where you step, but keep that, those, those eyes open, especially on a really windy day. Um, you could really sneak up on some deer on a really, really windy day. Uh, as long as that wind is is blowing from them to you, and you're walking those edges, man, I, and I think anybody could shoot a deer on that. Now, with a bow, it's obviously going to be harder, but with a gun, especially when you see them, you, you could just stop where you're at, man, and and just even, you know move very little, and probably be able to get a shot on a on a on a deer uh, if it's a legal you know legal deer that time of year wherever you're at. Yeah, I, I I did some deer hunting last year for the first time, and oh Jesus, let me shut that over. For the first time. See, this is this is where <laughs> I told you when we started this podcast, you can start over and le- and, and and just. Uh, but we're gonna yeah. leave that in there because uh, the Patreon group will have a good time making fun of that one. Um, uh, I, I started hunting from the ground last year uh, for the first time in forever. I mean, I kind of did it when I was younger, but I wasn't actually hunting, but. Uh, that is a hoot, and honestly, the mobility component to it is mm-hmm. really enticing. I, even during bow season this upcoming year, I can see myself hunting from the ground because I would go to an area, I'd get set up, I'd have my tripod up and or my bipod up and camera set up, and everything's great, and then the area just felt dead. Yep. And you're like, now, man, go man, ahead. I could really tell you about that because, I mean, so you're – it's kind of makes sense, you know, if you're moving slowly through the woods, as long as you know, like, you're not going to be walking up on somebody sitting in the stand, you know, you know the area, and that's kind of what I always try to do. I always try to avoid people if I can, if I'm going to walk, like, okay, there was a truck parked at this road this morning, so I'm going to not walk towards that truck in the block. I might walk the other way, or I might get in my truck and drive around to the other side and then walk from there because the wind's coming from a different direction. Um just trying to be, you know, courteous to the other people that are hunting. Now, you could also walk that way, and you might, they might be able to shoot the deer that you you could have walked up on. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and kind, of, kind of push them, you know. But uh, there's, um, I'm trying to think now. There's just, there's so much. Instead of sitting in one spot, if you're if you're slowly walking and you're walking smart, and, you know, keeping, make sure that you're not going to scare the deer and be able to kind of ease up on them. Uh, that, if you could do that, you're, you're, you're making your chances more. I mean, you're, you're moving, you're, you're not sitting in one spot. So the deer are constantly moving too. So you might be sitting in a spot in a stand for an hour, two hours, whatever. And, uh, and I'm kind of guilty of this too. You know, you're sitting there in the morning, you're like, man, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here right now. You just got that feeling. Uh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be sitting in the stand. I gotta, I gotta go look over here or, and that's what always got me was I'm so curious on like, uh, what's, what's around this, this swamp edge or, uh, what, what's over here or 
what am I missing? I'm missing something. So I go look and, and that's that, like we talked about before is nothing new was the, uh, the in season scouting. Um, and that's, that's how I've always hunted for the most part. You know, you go early season, you check, you see what kind of mass is out there, what kind of oaks or whatever, you know, look, see what, if, if the, if the palmetto berries are, are in this year, cause that's another thing they alternate, you know, sometimes they're not as, as many, uh, on a dry year versus a wet year. There's more gallberries, more palmetto berries and, so you're you go out early season just kind of looking to get a feel for the season, from my opinion. And then once seasons, then you that's when you start really trying to find what they're where they're at, you know, because that's more accurate data. And that's like I said, it's nothing new. It's something that that people you know have been doing it for years. And and that's another thing. You know, you you go scouting. That's what I did before. I went scouting and and shot a nine pointer on the ground. You know, <laughs> just because I was. I was looking for that sign, that fresher sign, you know, and I walked up right up on him. You know, he was crossing through a, a, uh, it was actually a, like a cypress swamp with a palmetto edge, pine edge, and uh, uh, like an oak flat in the middle of the swamp that was high and dry. And he was transitioning in between that, moving with the wind. And I slipped up right on him, man, and, and, and shot him. But uh, that was, that was that, that was in Georgia, but still, I mean, it doesn't matter. You could do it anywhere. It's, it's just a matter of, man, if you can move, it just makes your chances higher, you know, to be able to, to walk up on them. So ground hunting, I would say do it. I mean, if, if you feel don't feel like climbing a tree, and you, and you want to and you want to take that chance and and move around, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> you know, my only thing I would recommend is just try to just to stay away from other 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 hunters you know because um people could could get mad you know you walk up on them you know by accident i've walked up on a few people by accident and i turn right around and after i seen them you know wave at them turn around and walk out you know what i mean Uh, they might have came in from a whole other area and i come to find out you know they came in from the other side of the block so uh it happens but i mean as long as you're as long as you're uh you're not rude to other people. And I mean, you'll get some guys that yell at you if you walk up on them, but you just walk out of there and leave. But yeah, man, ground hunting could be, could be really beneficial. It all depends on you know, how you, how you play it. You know, if you just walking, busting, brushing, you know, through five foot tall, you know, palmettos, <laughs> you might as well beating pans walking through there. Cause that stuff's <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and I, I don't, this is going to sound bad. I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, I don't really worry about running into other hunters. And before anybody boycotts the podcast or comes at me for the, for having said this, the truth of the matter is this. It's public land. I'm yep. going I'm going to bounce around. I'm going to try and find deer. Now, by no means am I saying um, that if I know there's a dude in that area, I'm going to you know jump in there and blow the area out. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but realistically speaking, dude, I mean, if you pull up to an area, there isn't a truck there, or if you pull up to a 4,000 acre block and there's two trucks there, I'm going to walk in there and hunt it the way I I plan on hunting it. And, oh yeah, you know, it kind of, it is what it is. I, I, I just lost 40% of my viewer base, but you know, you know, I don't know where you are. That's agreeable. If, If you're in a huge block, I mean you don't know where they are and they don't know where you are. So uh, if you're walking after, you know, you sit a few hours in the morning and if you don't feel like that's it, you need to find the, the better sign and you get down and you're walking around in your area and you could walk a mile one way um, and, and still not run into anybody. You know what I mean? 
uh, especially, I mean, there's some of these blocks that down there, they could get pretty big. And, uh, and if you're familiar with the area and, you know, big gum swamp, that, that place is huge, man. It's, it's, I know when I was a kid, we used to walk in there and carry an old metal climbers and stuff a mile. I mean, I was like 12 years old. My dad was like, Oh, get this climber on your back. Let's go, <laughs> you know, and, and to carrying those things in a mile deep and it takes you a you know, hour and a half to walk in there. Cause you're, you're, you're busting brush. I mean, that's all you could do to get back in it. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, Florida's a, it's a tough state, but I think if you stick with trying to find the, the, the transitions and the sign and don't get hung up on, you know, ground scrapes and rubs because, you know, it's really not that often that you're ever going to see a, a buck actually use at least a, a, a bigger buck, you know, use a ground scrape. Now I could be wrong. People probably out there saying, Oh, whatever. I should shoot deer all the time. But or I remember out in the forest, I've only ever seen, I think two deer my whole life out there ever use a ground scrape. Um, I've only ever shot two deer in my life use a ground scrape. Just because I was in a, a hub, actually where you're at, Tallahassee. Um, I was in a hub and bottom of uh, a bunch of ridges coming together and and shot that buck. But uh, man, they're they're just a tough animal because it's so thick and there's just not a. It's hard to pattern a deer in Florida, at least in you know the the flatter where you're at. It's a little bit more hilly, so it's a little bit easier, but not as not quite. It's still it's still thick. Um, but, uh, man, it, it, that side of the state, Northeast Florida, uh, it's, it's a tough place to, to be able to actually pattern a buck and, and actually get him. Um, and not even just a buck. I mean, I wouldn't say put cameras out and target one buck. I just look for deer. If I find the does, there's going to be a buck around there eventually, especially the closer the rut comes. <laughs> it's like I was telling you today what I found. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think you're right on, dude. I think realistically, in the end, uh, try to stack as many factors in your favor as possible. This is I feel like I need a shirt that says like trail and scat and like every line it just says <laughs> and this because it's yeah. it, it first off it's hard to pass this information on to new hunters. Not that I don't yeah. want to. Not like it's difficult to in that. Uh, I don't want to, or that I can't. It's just, it's one of those things where it's so subjective. And so one of the things I've been telling people is, you know, find a transition zone with sign, find a transition zone with that extra. And I think, uh, you've done a great job of articulating, uh, to them, especially the guys who have to hunt these pine flats, which is, I mean, let's be realistic, what three quarters of the public land in Florida? No matter if you're in the north or southern yeah. zone, I mean, even it's... even well, even like club properties. In exactly, that it's it's a lot of club properties are actually nothing but small planted pine next to swamp. Right. So that's a whole other subject. I mean, this yep. is I'm talking about national forest more than than uh, you know public land versus private. Private land in that region is all Rainier land, which is absolutely timber timber yep. company. And uh, man, and I got you know people that I know people that hunt clubs and. And it's thick. I mean, it's thick pines, and they clear cut, and they come on top of you and chop the trees. And uh-huh. uh huh. And those guys, you know, they they got the advantage because they could put the food out. Because the food quality, I mean, really, food quality is not the best for those deer. So they get to you know put you know corn or whatever, which I don't really you know care to hunt over corn. But if I get a chance, I'm saying I'm not saying I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I've, I've got a spot baited up. I'll tell everybody right now. Yeah. <laughs> just because I'm I'm a meat hunter, you know, I'm. I'm that's all we hunt. We hunt for for the meat and enjoy the outdoors. If 
you know, we get a chance at a big buck, it's a bonus. And, and uh, that's what we always said about pigs, too. You know, we really hunt for deer, and but if we see a pig, we're going to shoot it. You know, I'm not going to, we don't let pigs walk if we don't have to. Um, but where the pigs are, you're going to find deer. Where the deer are, you're going to find pigs. And same thing with bears in Florida, at least that part. If you find deer, you're going to find bears. So get ready for that. <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no, there's no, we... no free rides in Florida. If you're game, oh, an no. eligible game species and you walk out, you're in trouble. Yeah, if you find a, if you find good deer sign, and especially, I mean, we hunted. Uh, I mean, we we hunted the forest for. I think my dad. Well, my dad came in the in the Navy and stuff. He had to hunt that forest for about thirty years, and uh, and we kind of grew off of it from years of you know friends of his and. And we learned it and learned areas and we, we still never knew that whole forest, you know, I mean, we traveled all over the place. We would drive 30 minutes from camp just to go to a, a, a block to hunt, you know, because that's all we knew. So we spent another year learning a whole other block and trying to figure something out until we found something closer to camp. But, and it's, it's a crazy place down there. And uh, like I said, if you shoot a deer in Florida, especially on a national forest, man, you, you take a trip anywhere else in this, in this country and you could be able to shoot deer on that trip. At least you should. Um, elevation changes like where I'm at now in Georgia is a little bit, a little bit different, but that's a whole nother subject. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, dude, I appreciate you taking time out of your day uh, to to talk with us and pass on some knowledge to people. Um, I, I hope I, I've passed on something to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hey, got... if it if it helps somebody, and and if I and you know that's just a bonus. You know, I'm not not saying I know a lot about it, but I know that we've had success over you know all the years and we always put meat in the freezer so if that's what people really want um if they try to try to put this kind of information together and it's hard to describe something man it's hard to describe it on the phone and without being there i'd be i i definitely show somebody in person you know it's just like okay look this is what we need to go to we'll check this out and and this is i'll show i'll show you what, what i'm talking about but over the phone and and trying to describe stuff and especially florida because you have so much so much of that green stuff man it's crazy it's so crazy it's it's uh yeah. it's a different animal but we're, we're working on bringing something like that to people uh shortly we've got a an idea of a video series where we're going to get with people and scout with them and kind of break down visually what we're talking about. So hopefully you and I can link up at some point in time in the coming, in the coming months or well, probably yeah. not because it's deer season, but probably in the off season, you and I could link up and we, we could, we could include uh, some scouting maybe in Southeast Georgia or something like that. To, to yeah, that man, list. whatever, whatever, man, I'm, I'm saying I'm going to be hunting all over Georgia this year. Um, apart from Southeast coastal area up to, where I'm at here, closer to the mountains and and central Georgia and stuff like that. So uh, definitely, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the season and uh, hoping you know get some get some more meat in the freezer. Get starting to get low. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you taking time out your evening. Uh, uh, it's always fun ch- chatting with people, and we're trying to to hone in on on helping the people whose seasons are current. And Florida's kicking off, and uh, we've got some cool stuff coming down the the pipe as well for you guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you did, do us one favor: tell everybody about the podcast that you could possibly talk to aunts, uncles, cousins, nephews, supervisors, everybody. Uh, share the world of chasing tales. That's how we grow. That's how we get better connections to bring people like John to you. They have to first find out about the podcast, and that it happens through you guys. So. No matter what you do this week, get outside and enjoy the great outdoors.